Welcome to the final episode of Elise's Point podcast. I'm your host, Elise Squirrel, PhD candidate, Canadian mental performance consultant, and sport karate athlete. Each week, I present a monologue of different topics that focus on point sparring aspects of sport karate. I want to stress that although each episode stands alone, this podcast should really be listened to as a whole. This project is meant to be informative, thought-provoking, and cause reflection. Keep in mind that some of the content is based on my observations and experiences from years of training and competing as a competitive athlete in sport karate. This means that it doesn't necessarily pertain or is applicable to every stakeholder within the sport. The overall goal is to promote a safe, healthy, and rational sport structure for future sport karate athletes. So let's start. Episode nine. That is to say, I do not want sport karate to die. It is becoming fairly obvious that tournaments will be scarce and rare events at the moment, or at the very least, participation rates will be low. As competitors, we are yearning for competition and competing, but as much as we want to compete, it's important to recognize why you're competing and if that's what you want. Are you being challenged? Do you have a voice in how you and your skills are being represented? Change is happening, and it has been happening whether we want it to or not. In history, sport is typically a reflection of politics and society and things that are occurring at that time. I mean, this is one of the reasons why sport is so interesting to study. We talk a lot about sport history, but I would like to know when our type of point sparring started to emerge. It feels very recent, and that is because it is. It's actually more recent than pickleball, which is referred to in episode two. From what I can find, some of the earliest organizations that hosted point sparring matches, sport karate, were created in the 1970s. That's only 50 years ago. And it's still trying to figure out what it is. I mean, kickboxing seems to have emerged partially because of karate. But point sparring is not kickboxing. And it should not want to be. Not saying anything against kickboxing. It does not help that the identity of point sparring is competing against all these other styles and types of martial arts, which are all different in their own right. Which means it is important to understand what the identity of the sport is, as well as why you, as an athlete, are competing within the sport. What is sport karate point fighting? How do I introduce the sport that I compete in at the highest degree to outsiders of the sport. That is to say, we are grounded in this idea of fighting, but there is so much more to it. There needs to be more emphasis on sport and athleticism. This might be easier said than done. Right now, 
North America has promoted a society that emphasizes this idea that sports need to showcase physical strength, violence, and sexuality. These aspects influence the sport's worth in society, and sometimes the athlete's worth. This ideal does not necessarily help with female participation in sport either. Again, this isn't just our sport. This is in many other sports. For example, why is it that male soccer athletes are called crybabies, while male hockey players are regarded as warriors, at least in the Canadian culture anyways? But at the same time, hockey players are pressured to participate in highly aggressive activities that can result in irreversible physical damage to themselves or others. That doesn't seem right. That being said, yes, there are contact sports, which are not bad, but framing worth based on physical strength, violence, and sexuality can be viewed as a form of manipulation over athletes to produce a certain behavior from the athletes. We can kind of see this parallel within our own sport. This idea of the game of tag, or dancing, or not real fighting. But finding fulfillment in a certain sport doesn't make you less of something. Dedicating time and effort to better yourself and push your skill is something that is admirable in any sport. And in point sparring, we have a lot of athletes who want to progress in some way. And our sport loses these athletes to other sports or other styles like MMA or kickboxing, or the athletes drop out of sport entirely. It would be like playing soccer all your life, only to realize that once you get to a certain level, you have to choose between rugby or American football. And if you don't, then what? You have to reassess the purpose of why you're putting so much effort into a thing. Let's go back to this idea of art in science, which we discussed in episode one. Although we come from a very traditional background in martial arts, we do not have to keep the old school ways of doing things. We can appreciate where the origins of our sport are from, but we can use the knowledge that we have gained to progress the sport. That's in regard to training style, strategy, and structure. Many of the more recent sport karate athletes get compared to, let us call them, the first generation of athletes in our sport. This seems unfair. Our sport has grown from the original rules. Just like any other sport, our rules have adapted with time. Examining our sport, there should not be this age-old idea that the biggest, the mentally toughest, and the strongest will ultimately succeed. Our sport does not need to be a building block for something more full contact. Our sport is unique. It's strategic. It's a completely separate thing on its own. But we have accumulated a body of knowledge that the first generation of athletes did not have when they were competing. In that way, we are very lucky. 
but it should be that way. We are seeing more of a pattern of strategy as well as skill interlinking, and it's exciting. But sometimes I feel that our sport is stuck in a loop because it really does not know what it is. We are a contact sport, but we are not full contact. Do we want to be recognized as full contact? Why would we? What we're doing is highly impressive and skilled as its own entity. Why can't we recognize it as it is? Which is a sport. Here's some tough questions. What makes us a sport? What makes us different than other sports? Why are we doing this combat sport and not another type of combat sport? Why is this sport worth continuing after junior divisions? Waiting is tough, but it also provides time to examine overall goals and purposes to understand why. Why are you doing the sport? And what is the sport that you're doing? Why is it fulfilling? I don't think that this is time wasted. How can we differentiate between the spectacle, the sport, and the quality of matches? How can we make our sport more inclusive? How can there be more transparency and accountability? And these questions might not directly affect you, especially when your goal is to compete. I get it. I'm with you. But in order to be great, we have to understand what we are and what we want. And athletes, you need to recognize the fruit of your labor. Keep training, but train safe and train smart. And if you feel demotivated, I know a really good mental performance consultant in Canada who can help. Thank you for listening to Elise's Point podcast. As always, if this topic resonates with you or you have any thoughts or there was anything that came up while you were listening, please leave a comment on Elise's Point Facebook page. The references to this information are included in the description of this episode. Music by Atch. A final shout out to Oliver for letting me share his recording space. And a big shout out to everyone who helped me with this project. No matter where you are, you guys always dedicate the time and effort to help me. Thank you.